Welcome to this week's episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, we're going to do our updates from the field, and I've actually got updates this week, so I'm going to start. My first update, on my way home from work today, I saw, I think it was an El Camino, it may have been one of those pickup-styled cars, giant mudder tires on this thing. This thing was epic. I'm curious it's, to see where this is going. I just thought it was cool, and I wanted to tell you guys about it. Oh, it has nothing to do with the field. No. <laughs> oh. But it was sweet. awesome, That dude. is pretty yeah. sweet. That's pretty sweet. Maybe it's some guy's hunting rig. I don't know. Yeah, That'd be I, cool, yeah. I really thought you were going to tell us, like, big old buck hanging yeah. back or something. Yeah. yeah. That would have been sweet, though. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. So that's one. <laughs> okay. Two, actual update. Uh, I think I'm going to hunt this Friday. We got a cold front coming in. I think I'm going to hunt Friday morning at the new property I have permission on. So I'm pretty excited about that. It'll be my first time out in the woods. So wish me luck. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good day for it. So I've had a camera out there. I haven't gone in and checked it sort of intentionally. Didn't want to booger it up, you know, so I'm just going to go in there, grab the card and throw the stand up and see what I get into. Should be a good morning. My last update, it's not another uh, non-update from the field, but it's an update I want to give people. I posted about this on our our social page. Uh, Legendary Whitetails is doing, they're calling it Hunt on Us. So I think it's up through sometime in November. If you go go to huntonus.com and you basically scan in a picture of your hunting license, they will give you a $25 store credit. So I went ahead and did this and basically they, they issue you a $25 gift card. It's not like a $25 off a hundred. It's, it's a 20, they give you a number, which is a, you enter it in as if it's a gift card number. And so hmm. they basically give you $25 to spend and you don't have, you know, you could buy something for less than $25 and get it for free, which, you know, we're not sponsored by legendary whitetails. They don't know who we are. Maybe someday if you're out there listening, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> but I just wanted to call attention to that because it's a good company doing a good thing for hunters. And, right, and right. so I just wanted to make people aware of that. So that's, uh, I guess it's not from the field, but it's an update I wanted to give people. So, so. you've done this and you've poked around on their site, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's not all, when you first told me about it, I'm, I didn't even get a chance to really look at it yet, but I was just like, oh, I'm sure everything on there is $100 and it's just like 25% no. off. Like there's all kinds of affordable stuff. You can get free stuff out of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I think I'm going to buy a flannel. That's pretty uh, cool. They get, they've got the ones I was looking at. They're, they're sort of traditional flannels. I, I forget exactly what it's called. They're $29.99. So, so you're going to get a flannel for 5 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, they look like nice. I haven't bought anything from Legendary Whitetails yet, but it looks like nice stuff. So they've got like sort of lifestyle clothes. They've also got some like polyester stuff that if you wanted to wear it into the woods, you could, but yeah. So I just wanted to make people aware of that. You guys have cool. any updates, anything you've been up to? What's new? Seen any cool cars? Uh, no, I don't really have a whole lot. Haven't been in the woods much since opening weekend, but I do plan on going out Friday morning also. It's been hot. Yeah, it's been hot. It's been hot. Jeff, uh, you hunted, right? You got yeah. chewed up by mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been out, Twice since opening weekend. I went out uh, the Thursday after opening weekend. There yeah. was 
a small cold front coming through. Um, temperature dropped about 15 degrees. I went out in the evening after work. Didn't see anything but a raccoon. Um, woods were really, really quiet. Um, and then I went out uh, last Saturday uh, in the evening again um, and hunted in a bedding area trying to catch them. You know, I, I figured the deer were going to stay bedded because it was warm until it got dark. So I was trying to catch them right when they were standing up from the bedding. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in between bedding and a field, a cornfield. Um, so I was trying to catch them as soon as they stood up, basically, to catch them right before dark. And, and all I did tactic there. This time, I mean, especially as they get more pressured, right? Like you're going to have to be closer to that bedding because they're just not going to come to the open fields during daylight. If you can get into that, push into that bedding a little bit, you have better luck. So. Right, right. Yeah. All I did, all the luck I had was to get chewed up by mosquitoes. Yeah. It was it was pretty bad. I'm pretty bit up. Pretty vicious. Yeah, this is one of those funny times because the deer get their winter coat on and then we have these Indian summers, they call them, where it, yeah. temperatures get up in the 70s, 80s, and those deer don't want to move much. But yeah. Like you said, you could catch them as long as you're, you got to get close into the bedding though, because they're not going to do a whole lot of moving during daylight. Right. So if that's it, then uh, we'll get into this week's topic. Today, as we're getting ready for season to open, season actually opens this Saturday, but this episode will release after season's already opened. We are going to talk about gear, kind of uh, favorite gear new or DIY gear that we're getting into this year. And we're also going to sort of the wild card is like our favorite piece under $10. So as we get into this, basically these are just things that we've found over the years that, uh, that we like. I think hunters tend to be gear people always kind of tuning and tweaking the system. So Gear conversations are always interesting to me, so I'm I'm interested to hear what you guys pick for your category items. Like I said, the three categories we're going to talk about are favorite or don't leave home without type items, new items that we're trying this year, or a DIY item that we've either made ourselves or have customized from something else. And then the other one is going to be favorite item under $10. So with that... We'll start with our favorite don't leave home without type items. Jake, you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, My first item that I take with me every time I go into the woods is actually what um, my brothers and I refer to as a muff. I think everybody refers to it as As a muff. I was researching it. Okay. Maybe it's a known thing. A hand muff. Yeah. It's uh, basically like a fanny pack for the front that you put your hands in. It's ideal for cold weather. Um, keep your hands warm, that kind of thing. You don't have to necessarily wear gloves because it's insulated and all that. What I have discovered is it also is great for carrying things. You can put all kinds of stuff in there and have pretty easy access to it versus you know, your backpack is hanging on the tree or sitting next to you or whatever. Uh, this is like a large pocket kind of and you can put your necessities in there you know your calls if you're using a grunt call or today's day and age everyone seems to have their cell phone on them so you can keep your phone in there gives you enough room to kind of have some stuff plus if it is cold you can put hand warmers in there 
So that's kind of my, I take that even in the early season when it's warm out, I don't really use it for warmth at that point. I just use it as something to carry. Yeah. Uh, carries a bunch of just odds and ends things that you don't want to misplace, but you want at, they're easily accessible. You want to be able to just grab them real quick with little movement, but yeah, you don't want to have to dig through your pack to find them or whatever. I've been using a muff for years now and I love that thing. That's definitely, that was definitely a game changer for me. Like I went through gloves and mittens and how do I keep my hands warm? And when, when I discovered the muff, dude, game changer. Serious. Yeah, it is. If you've not seen one, Jeff's given us a weird I've, look, I've so. never tried. I've never used the muff. My hands don't get cold, so well, you guys are you and, you're you a little harder than we are. You We're and Dad. Good. Yeah. Dad doesn't doesn't need gloves. Um, <clears throat> but I, it's definitely for me also a don't leave home without thing. I will say, I, if you've not seen one, if you don't know what we're talking about, you may have seen like in cold weather quarterback, you know, in, yeah, in the NFL football, football yeah. the quarterbacks will have them and they'll, you know, they stuff their hands in them to keep their hands warm in between um, plays, plays or, or whatever. That's what we're talking about. But they sell them in camo and, you know, your favorite camo brand. I will say I like the, I, I'm not a fan of the ones that have like the tight elastic on the cuffs because I want to be able to slip my hands in and out without like fighting through the elastic. Mine has kind of open ends with flaps, if you will, that you can just slide your hands in. The other thing I'll say, you got to be careful about just putting your phone in the muff because mine also has a zipper pouch, is where, which is where I tend to keep my phone. They also sell ones now that I, when I was looking into this, that have like a, a flap that you open up and there's a clear screen. And so you can have your hands inside the muff and see your phone and basically use your phone inside the muff. I don't Mine's not that fancy, but I, I have had my phone fall out of my muff cause it was just in the sort of the open muff part. And while I was dragging a deer, and actually drug my, the deer over top of my phone. Luckily, I went back and was able to find my phone. Right. But I will say that's one thing you got to be careful about is, you know, stuff can't fall out of right. the muff. Yeah, it's kind of a, you have to try and find a, look at a couple different styles and brands of them because for me, I have two actually. And I prefer one over the other just because of kind of what you're talking about, the ease of getting your hands in and out. But I do like it to be a little bit, tighter on the ends so that it holds things in uh, but i don't want it tight enough to where i can't get my hands in and out easily so it's kind of a middle last year kind of along the same lines i was walking through some brush going back uh to my where i was gonna sit to do a hunt and my grunt call the string must have been hanging out the side of my muff mm. and it snagged on a sapling or something and i was without my grunt call for that hunt and then i tried to backtrack and backtrack i did end up finally finding it it was still hanging on the same tree that it pulled out of my pocket on but you do have to be careful about that make sure everything is inside when you're moving yeah so these are I, we've had ours for so long i don't i don't know what brand it is or whatever but there's a lot of companies that make them i, I looked into it a little bit there's a a company called heat factory that makes a couple different models hunter safety system actually makes one uh, a company called hotshot makes one sitka makes one 
they're they're you know in the twenty to thirty dollar range. This the Sitka one is is going to be more expensive than that, but relatively inexpensive. And and like I said, I that's one of those things. I don't really wear gloves anymore because of that. If I do wear a glove, it's a thin kind of liner glove, just to when I do have my hands out. I you know it just keeps that little bit of the chill off. Right. Your your yeah, hands aren't directly exposed to the cold. I have a pair of leather palm real thin gloves that i wear typically just because of a lot of the places we hunt there's a lot of briars and stuff you're walking through so it's just something to kind of cover your hand when you're grabbing a hold of something but i don't use any gloves for warmth i just have that muff yeah so we talked a lot about the muff jeff what is your don't leave home without slash favorite item all right i'm gonna start this off with uh all of my items are going to be under ten dollars because i'm cheap Fair enough. And uh, in order for me to really use a product, you know, it's got to be cheap because I tend to lose them or break them or whatever. So, but my don't leave home without item is uh, the can dough bleak call. Really? Yes. I I've never love had any thing. luck with that thing. <clears throat> I must not know how to use it right. Yeah. I've, I've had more luck with that than any other call. Just the standard original can? Just, or do you do the long bleed or which one's your I've, favorite? I've tried them all. I like the original can. I've tried, because, yeah, they sell them in all different. They have a long call. They have a, uh, a fawn one. Um, but, yeah, the, the standard dough and asterisk, hot dough can call. I've called, I've called deer bucks does in from... 100 to 150 yards away with that. So when you're, when no you're using come it, and buy me. When you're using it, you're calling deer that you can see. You're not blind calling with it. You only call when you see what you're calling to. I've done both. And you've had them come both. Yeah, yeah. And what really got me hooked on it was as a little kid, probably 12, you know, 13 years old. Yeah, they had one at the cabin. There they had one on one the cabin. around at the cabin. And we were... Sitting on the back porch of the cabin, and we're just messing around with it. And next thing we know, there's a spike buck coming down the hill, right to the back porch of the cabin, trying to figure out. And it it didn't care that we were there. It saw us, but right. it was trying to find that doe. And it was just prancing back and forth along the hill. You know, it didn't want to get too close to us, but it got, you know... 30 yards away and was just going back and forth trying to find that doe. Now you know everybody's going to go buy one and they're going to become ineffective, right? <laughs> right, right, probably. Right. But, uh, yeah, I've had really good luck with them. Using for calling, you know, blind calling, calling a deer in from a ways away. Um, does, bucks, doesn't matter. I've used them when I've jumped a deer and busted them out. You know, I go a few feet away, a few yards away, and sit down and start using that and call those deer back in. Really? Because they're trying to find, you know, if it's a group of deer, they bust up, and they're trying to find each other back. And I've called them back in. Hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my don't leave home without it. Use it throughout the entire season, from opening day to the last day of the season. Works all the time. Hmm. That's a good... That's a good tip. That's a good one. I yeah, I've never had any luck. I have one, 
never had any luck with it. So I don't know. I'll have to take lessons on how to use one, I guess. So my favorite piece slash don't leave home without is I'm going to kind of cheat. And I've got two because it depends on if I'm hunting out of a tree stand or not. So if I'm hunting out of a tree stand, those lifelines are awesome. Like they make getting up and down out of the tree so much easier. I feel so much safer with that because the tree, like hanging your steps with a tree rope, that all makes sense that, you know, you need your hands free or whatever, but using a tree strap or a tree rope to get up the tree while there's a ladder there, it's like the, the tree rope just is in the way it, you know, I want to just climb, but then all oh, the, the ropes hanging, you know, and those lifelines are, they just, you know, you just go up the ladder, always keeping three points of contact and slide that prusik knot up the rope. Right. I love that thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I guess that we can use this as an advertising moment, safety harnesses and lifelines or whatever you're going to use tree ropes. If you're using tree stands, do it safely. Yeah. It is not worth it. You know, I won't get into specific brands one way or the other. I don't really care, but wear your safety harnesses and attach yourself to the tree climbing up and coming down. Don't wait till you get up to the stand to attach yourself to the tree. It can be too late. It takes one slippery step. Yep. So that kind of goes with that. But yeah, I mean, I use, if I'm using a tree stand, I have lifelines that a couple different ones that I I'm using multiple stands. That's the only downside of a lifeline, I guess, is you almost, the easiest way to use them, you only, or you have to, I guess, leave it with every stand if you leave one in the woods. Yeah. Because it doesn't, you can't, the only way to put it up at the, is to be at the top of the yeah. ladder. And I've, I've only got the one stand. I typically do hang and hunt stuff. And so a lifeline, if I'm going to hang it, hunt, and take it down, doesn't help me. But what I'll do sometimes is I'll, I'll hang a stand in the morning hunt and then maybe go back to that spot in the evening. And if, you know, with the lifeline there, getting back up into that or getting down out of the tree, you know, it's, I just much prefer that. The other thing I'll say is we're not sponsored by any of these people where, you know, none of this is paid advertising. This is just products that we've found that work, you know, for us. So. The other thing I said I had to, if I'm hunting on the ground, which we grew up hunting on the ground a lot, we, you know, it wasn't until fairly relatively recently, we, you know, we started hunting out of tree stands and I always, you know, hunting on the ground, we would clear out some leaves around a tree, you know, tuck into some brush or something and just standing there, like my back would hurt, my feet would hurt. And so I discovered these tree seats i guess is is what they're called a lot of times you'll see them advertised with like turkey hunting stuff but it's basically a a little seat that you know has a strap on it that you wrap around a tree and for me if i'm gonna hunt on the ground it's definitely a don't leave home without because you can it's not like a lounger like you're you know you're sitting there you know living in the lap of luxury but it just allows you to take that weight off your feet and you know go between like standing to to kind of sitting like I put mine kind of high almost at like stool height so that you can just get that weight off your feet and 
just let your feet rest. But, you know, if we're hunting down at the cabin, it's hill country, so you're always standing on an incline. Right. That's where it makes a your big ankles for me. end up hurting. So that was, for a lot of years, that was always in my pack. Like I said, now if I'm hunting out of a tree stand, I, I don't bring it. But if I'm hunting on the ground, definitely. There again, those aren't super. The, the, the two that I saw, Muddy makes one called the Muddy Ultra Tree Seat, and Summit makes one called the Stump. They're 40 bucks, 39.99. So love that thing. I, I bought one. I can't tell you what year it was, but dad would always tell us, don't sit down. Don't sit down on the ground. Don't get caught sitting down. Yeah. 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 So it had to be an opening day. It was about, I don't know, 10 o'clock. My feet are hurting. My back's hurting. I'm going to sit down. Nothing much going on. Sit down, probably, I'll say a half hour later. It's a sunny, sunny morning, you know, bright, crisp morning. Leaves are crunchy. Half hour later, after I sit down, I'm, I'm hearing crunching behind me, and you know the squirrels have been going crazy all morning. And I was convinced that's a, it's a squirrel. It's another squirrel, stinking squirrels, you know. And it's getting closer and closer, and I'm like, man, this squirrel's about to climb up my back. I better turn around and, you know see this thing and I turn around and there's this little buck at like I'm not it's shotgun season right he's at 10 yards and I turn around (laughs) around the tree he picks his head up and we're looking at each other and you know I'm on the ground I, I got no way to get around to shoot at this deer and so that was like okay had to learn the lesson the hard way and just being up on a seat, you know, you can, you can turn much easier versus being down on the ground. So that's that on the, uh, favorite items don't leave home without. So with that, I have one more that is kind of a a bonus, a bonus that I just thought of, um, that I've been using a couple years. And again, not necessarily brand specific. I personally use Onyx. Um, but a, some sort of app on your phone that shows you property lines. We hunt a fair amount of public private interface down at our cabin. Some of that private land we can hunt, some of that private land we cannot hunt. So just having that to know where I'm at at all times, whose property I'm on, um, is, uh, I always have my phone with me, so it's easy to not leave home without it. But I do use that quite frequently, especially if it's, somewhere I'm not familiar with just to know what land am I on public private, which this year is going to be especially important uh, because they do have the new public rule, public land regulations with what deer you can harvest and when. Right. So you're going to need to know, you know, down South we've always hunted there, but is that private land we can hunt or is that public land that we're hunting on? It's sometimes you're going to have to make sure that the, the deer crosses over from the public. Right to the private that we have permission on to shoot it. Right. (laughs) That's that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So that's another little bonus one I have. Um, Like I said, I personally use Onyx Maps. We're not obviously sponsored by Onyx Maps in any way. There's other apps out there. Hunt Stand, I think, has some sort of a property line part to it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of them now have it. And there's fees associated with them. I think they let you try them for a week or some of them, it's like a limited amount of properties. You can identify who owns like 10 properties for free. And then after that they charge you. But at the end of the day, if you're someone who hunts 
a lot of public land or public private interface specifically where you're on public and private and you need to know where the public and where the private is it's really not unaffordable i mean on x is a little pricey but it's got all kinds of bells and whistles with it it's probably the most advanced out of all of them but there's other ones out there you can look into them and kind of see what they all have so with that i think we'll transition into our new new items that we're going to try this year or something that we've customized or made ourselves so jeff do you want to kick us off on that one all right, my uh, it's both a new and it's a, uh, a completely do-it-yourself item. Last year I started doing it a little bit, but this year I'm going to start making my own cover scent by boiling down natural elements in the woods. Last year I used sassafras leaves, and uh, I and then I also did a pine needle one, and I just took pine needles, lots and lots of pine needles, put them in water and boiled it till it, you know, got down to a concentrate of that scent and then just put it in gallon jugs. Are you doing this in your kitchen? In my kitchen. Really? Yeah. It With the pine needles, it smells real nice. You know, it's like oh, uh, pine true. salt. That's it's, true. Yeah. Yeah. Wife doesn't mind at all. Um, the sassafras she didn't like as much. It's um, not like cleaning your muzzleloader in the kitchen. Right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, you could do it outside if you have one of those outdoor burners. or Yeah. But I just find, I mean, it's way cheaper. You know, you always have to buy more cover scent, buy more cover scent. Well, if and then you want to use it sparingly because you don't want to run out or whatever. Right. Well, if you boil it down yourself, you're, it's just a few minutes of your time and you can get gallons of it. Yeah. You'll have to keep us updated on how that works. Cause it, it, uh, I've not used it, but you, you've heard of the, have you heard of the nose jammer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, actually heard bought, I actually bought some. I'm going to give it a try. Okay. You guys will have to keep us updated got on a the nose, nose jammer. jammer and the, the homemade cover scent because the nose jammer, like I guess has like sort of a vanilla E type they, smell I haven't to it. I actually opened it and smelled it, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. It's like a vanilla E, almost like a non, something that animals wouldn't normally smell, but I guess the idea behind it is it just overwhelms their right. nasal. Yeah, and, their and they don't associate it with olfactory danger. system. Right. They don't associate it with danger, and it's just such an overwhelming smell that they can't pick up the other scents. Yeah. I've heard of vanilla being used as a DIY attractant, just using vanilla ex- extract. Oh, really? So that might go along with that that yeah. it may even attract the deer because there's all kinds of things you know on the internet where people say i use vanilla you know vanilla extract and right drives the deer crazy so did you find a recipe online for this or is this something you're just kind of trying on your own um a little bit of both i mean i didn't necessarily find a recipe but i did see one guy who was doing it with pine needles who boiled them down and made a cover scent, you know, and he, it wasn't necessarily for himself. It was for his equipment. Oh, okay. Um, but it, I figure it's just as good, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it has a really strong scent to it and you can target specifically to where you're hunting. You know, it's, if you're, it's, 
it always kind of made me think like deer aren't going to notice that I smell like a pine tree when there's not a pine tree, you know, and <laughs> right. a mile around here, like they're going to know something's up. Well, if you can just take something that's already there, you know, a fragrant plant or whatever that's already there and, yeah. you know, boil it down, get that scent into a liquid form, you know, a concentrated liquid form and use it as a cover scent. You know what doesn't work as a cover scent? What? Coyote crap. <laughs> I've heard that that happened. I, <laughs> I one morning was sneaking into a spot and I heard some deer moving, I think, in this thick area. And I squat down to like, you know, get low in this kind of grassy open area on the edge of it. And down below me off the hill is this thick area where I thought the deer were going to be bedding. And... I squat down and I'm like, what is that smell? It smells like dog poop. And sure enough, I had squatted down in, I'm assuming you know, I'm in the middle of the woods, right? Coyote crap. And so now my boot is covered in coyote crap and it, uh, it was, Made for an uneventful morning after that. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't use that. Okay. I'll remember that. <laughs> Keep that out of your fragrance. Yes. So Jake, do you have a new or DIY item you're going to use this year? I guess a new item for me as uh, I, my mother-in-law got me a climbing tree stand for Christmas last year. Uh, that was exciting. my Christmas present. Yeah, so I haven't had an opportunity to use it yet. Uh, I've never used a climbing tree stand. I've always just used hang-on stands, and I am too cheap to buy a kind of a hang-and-hunt type setup. The lightweight stuff costs a lot more, so I've always just kind of lugged my big, heavy steel hang-on stand around, and yeah. that's one, exhausting because it's heavy, and two, it's not quiet at all. So I'm kind of excited about the opportunity to, uh, especially when we go down to the cabin where we don't spend a ton of time scouting, um, being able to just kind of move around a little bit just to see, you know, if I, cause previously when I lugged that big old stand in the woods, wherever it went is where it stayed. Right. Um, so this way I'll be able, you know, if I pick a spot in the morning, I see you smirking cause yeah. you know, I don't sit still. Yeah. Um, if I pick a spot in the morning, I can then pick a new spot in the afternoon or what will probably happen is I'll pick a new spot in about an hour. That's what I was going to say. You're going to go out there, <laughs> climb it because you're the most fidgety dude. You're going to go out there, climb a tree. It's going to get light. You're going to be like, man, that tree 40 yards over there looks really a lot better. You're going to climb down, move over there, climb up. Oh, I can't see as good from over here. That one 40 yards up the hill looks a little better. And you're going to spend all day <laughs> climbing trees. At least I'll be good at climbing trees. Yeah, there you go. So I'll keep you posted on how it works. <laughs> um, I am hoping to be a little more patient in the stand this year. Just got to make sure you have a charged phone so you have something to do. Yeah. Play well, on your phone. I'm hoping I don't miss deer on my phone too. But um, yeah, that's something I want to work on is not being so antsy. But yes, I'm excited about the climbing tree stand. Um, so that's kind of my new item. I've done, I've looked up some DIY stuff that kind of goes with it. 
um, just how to easiest way to get in and out with a backpack and a stand and all that different stuff. Um, so I've attached some different things to the stand, places to like hang your pack off the stand so you don't have to screw into a tree, somewhere to hang your bow, that kind of stuff. I haven't tried it, so I don't know if it's any good, but it's just pretty simple carabiner type stuff that I've modified. But If anybody that's a uh, climbing stand expert has a good system for carrying your stand and a pack at the same time, hit us up on uh, Facebook and let Jacob know because, like you said, it's a new adventure. Right. So that's my new adventure this year. Is I think that's the only new piece of equipment. Like I said, well, I'm going to try Nose Jammer this year too, see what that does. But I try different scent, cover scent and, you know, different things, mineral blocks every year. I'm always switching that up to kind of see what the difference is. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Everybody's sticking with their broadhead arrow setup that they used last year. No, no new. I'm sticking with mine. No changes for yeah, me. It's uh, done me good so far. I haven't had a bad experience with my setup, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like it. So for me, my new, if, if you've been following us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, I am going to try aiders on my tree steps this year. My goal, and I, based on the my step spacing, I think it'll work, is I want to be able to get as high as I was getting with four steps as I can, as I will with three steps and three aiders. If you're not familiar with aiders, basically it's nylon tubular webbing. You, you want the tubular webbing stuff because it's stronger than just the straight webbing. This stuff I, that I bought, it's one inch tubular webbing. It's got a, a 4,000 pound minimum brake strength. So plenty strong, basically tying it into a loop, hanging it from the bottom of my tree step and I, I put a piece of stiff rope inside of it to keep it open so that you can get your boot in there going up I'm pretty confident comfortable with coming back down will be a little bit of a challenge because you're you know it's a softer it's going to kind of wrap around your boot as you put weight on it my the one thing I think I've got going for me to, to keep this safe is like I said I typically do more hang and hunt type stuff my these aren't going to be sitting out in the elements getting all frozen and and They'll be, I'll carry them in with me, climb up, hunt, take them back down. So they're not going to get a ton of exposure to the elements because that is one concern is like the safety aspect of it. So we'll see. That's my, that's my new DIY thing this year. Can you explain a little better how this works? I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on here. So picture, you know what my, my tree steps look like, right? You Mm -hmm. hang these tree steps on the tree climb up you know you get three steps on a on a section of step so off of the bottom of my tree step don't you follow us on uh yes <laughs> don't you don't you follow us on facebook i i saw the image and i'm still not sure how this works okay so for for people that didn't see it picture a loop hanging off the bottom of my tree step it's because of the stiff piece of rope inside of it as it's hanging, like where I would put my boot inside this loop, it's more triangular shaped. As you step into it, right, it's just webbing and a, and a piece of rope. So it's it's almost like um, like a rope ladder, if you will, right? It's going to wrap up around my boot just as I as I load it, you know. 
and it, I'm getting, I want to say like 18 inches on a step. So I'll put my boot in there, step up, and then my next step will be onto my actual metal tree steps. I'll climb up to the top of that tree step, and above me will be another rope, not rope, but tubular nylon webbing aider. So I can, basically it allows me to space my tree steps farther apart because I've essentially added a step to the bottom of it, but it's, you know, it's fabric, so it's light, and it will, it should allow me to get to the same height as I was getting before with four steps, but only using three steps and three aiders this time. I understand now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From, from the pictures and your description, I was like, how is this little thing hanging off the bottom of his steps? Like, how does that help him get anywhere? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. There'll be one on each of my sections of step. And so it allows me to space the steps farther and get higher with three steps versus four steps with no aiders. So I've also seen just on the internet and I don't know, Maybe you can elaborate on why you chose not to do it this way or what the differences are. But I saw some people that did these aiders and um, they put like a piece of PVC pipe at the bottom. Um, My first concern would be that it would roll when you step on it. Instead of the rope, you're saying? Instead of the rope, like, yeah, they basically ran the tubular webbing through a piece of PVC pipe. So for me, it was... a I've not seen that, but the reason I did this is it's light. It's a, it's a, I think I cut my sections of rope 10 inches. So it's three, 10 inches, 10 inch sections of rope and, you know, a little bit of tubular webbing. The PVC also, as you're carrying it in, you got a clanking issue. I mean, I, you, I know right. you could wrap it in that, that, um, stealth strips and stuff to keep it quiet. But so I guess those were the two main issues is it'll be quieter and, I also wasn't sure how big of a, cause I thought about like, maybe I put a dowel rod or mm-hmm. something in there, but I thought I would need something pretty big to not, you know, the last thing I want is to step on it and it cracks. Right. Not that so I would fall thick. out, but you know, you just made this loud noise as you were trying to climb into or out of it, out of your tree. These won't, you know, there's nothing to crack, you know, it's all flexible stuff. So, and the other thing is I'm hoping with these, I can, like the straps I use to strap my steps to my stand, I'm hoping I can wrap, like put these aiders up in there, kind of swing them up and wrap it all up so it's all nice and tight and compact. That's my hope, my plan. So I'll keep every po- everybody posted on how it goes. It'll be my experiment for this season. So Cool. I think it's going to work. I think you'll be happy with it. I hope so. So with that... That leads us into our $10 or less. Jeff's an overachiever, and everything's been $10 or less. But, Jake, what is your, do you have a $10 or less item? I'm sure I have something that's $10 or less. Should we come back? Come back to me. Give me a minute, and I'll think of something. Jeff, what is your $10 or less item? My $10 or less item is uh, Tink's Pocket Shot. It's a little spritzer. It's like uh, what you'd see like eyeglass cleaner in. Okay. Um, little spray bottle that has deer scents in them. And I 
really like them. Um, you know, doe estrus, whatever. Um, and I think other brands of scents make them too, but uh, Tinks is the easiest one to find. Um, and you could also do this yourself by buying those little things and putting whatever your favorite scent is in it. Right. But I, I really like them. You know, when you're trying to make a scent trail for the deer to follow and you come to a fork, you know, you can add a little extra scent to the side that you want the, the deer to go to. If you, you know, come, come along a scrape and you want to freshen that up while you're walking in, you know, you can just pull it right out of your pocket. It's a lot easier to use than, you know, a jar of scent. Right. If, uh, they, they say on their packaging and they recommend that like, if you jump a deer, you can, you know, spritz it into the air and you know, if it's downwind and it wins you and it can confuse the deer and I don't know how well that'll work right. so much, you know, cause there's still my scent if, but you can, you can try it. I'll, if, if, if I ever jump a deer and it's downwind to me and you know, I have it handy, I'm going to try it. Why not? Right. It, yeah, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing, but I've used it just to kind of spray, you know, if, if it's a real windy day, just to kind of spray, you know, into the air to to blow down into a bedding area, trying mm-hmm. to get the, the deer to come up and out. Yeah. And I just find it really handy. You know, it's a little, you know, instead of having a jar to lug around and open up and you know, it's just a little spritzer and you can spray whatever, you know, spray the scent and you can spray it, you know, right at like nose level, you know, on grass or whatever and make a trail or whatever you need to do. Do, do those come with some kind of either a cap that goes over the little pumper or a safety or something? Because my fear is it'd be in my pocket spritzing (laughs) my pocket yeah, yeah, it comes with a cap with a like a a pen clip on it, you know, so you can put it, okay. clip it into a pocket, and yeah, so there's a there's a cap. Are they reusable? Like, can you refill them or once? Yeah, they're... yeah, you can refill them. Okay. And I think, you know, it's the same. You know, I had one that was Tink sixty nine. I think it was the same scent as what you buy in the jar. Okay. So. So that brings me to my under $10 item. Perfect. Uh, Now hear me out on this. Don't stop listening as soon as I say what it is because you might think it's funny, but hear me out. My under $10 item, tampons. (laughs) <laughs> now let me hear me out like i said hear me out oh you're okay. you're gonna give away the secret i'm huh? gonna give away the secret of tampons so i know i know fellas you don't want to be buying tampons it's not the hip cool thing to do but uh for a number of years i know i personally and i believe the two of you have been using you have to you don't have to buy any fa- you don't actually don't want fancy ones uh, cause you want an unscented. So I do like store brand Walmart. I have a story about this when you're done. Um, and they work perfectly for any type of extra scent. You know, a lot of people like to do like a drag rope. They drag it behind or, you know, like put a scent drag behind you Yeah. instead of wasting money on scent wicks that they sell that are nothing but expensive. They're expensive, right? 
and they you know instead of wasting money on those i mean it comes with a string attached to tie it into the tree it's the perfect they fit perfectly in the top of those glass yes, yes. scent jars yep they plug it perfectly turn it upside down you got scent on it it holds i mean by nature it holds a lot of scent so you can <laughs> put a whole lot of scent in it if you really want to but that's my under $10 item. If you can get over the fact that it's not masculine to carry tampons. And uh, my wife certainly questioned why I had tampons in my hunting gear. But it works. They're, uh, I mean, it's perfect for, like I said, scent wicks, scent drags. It holds the scent. So you don't have to worry about wasting money on those expensive, commercially made scent wicks to hang your scent in the tree or whatever yeah yeah so when i started doing this or thought about doing it because you guys had already done it so i and you guys had given me some tampons to do it when i ran out of those i asked my wife i said can you go to the store and i just need tampons unscented cheap tampons you know and she wouldn't do it for me so she's because and i said well i need unscented so i won't know what's unscented like i I don't know, you know, and she's like, they don't make scented tampons. Like it's very hard to find a scented tampon, like just buy the cheapest tampons and they won't be scented. So I go to the grocery store and I buy the cheapest tampons they have, you know, a big 48 pack of them, you know, (laughs) because I don't want to have to do this again. It's kind of a weird experience. And I get home and my wife sees them and she says, these are scented. I thought you wanted unscented. And I said, I did want unscented. Like I, you know, I did what you told me. And she said, how'd you find these? And I said, I just bought the cheapest ones. (laughs) So then we had a whole box of scented tampons that for no use. And she had to go to the store, you know, the next time. And buy me the correct thing because I I couldn't manage to buy the right tampons. That's That's good. But yeah, that's that's my uh, under $10 secret hunting tool would be I use tampons in place of scent wicks and scent drags and that kind of stuff. Seems to work. I've had deer respond to it. I mean, I've seen deer follow the scent that I drag in. Works just like a scent drag would. I mean... And it doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense to buy a commercial, commercially made scent wick or scent drag because you're just wasting money. The one thing I will say about if you're, if you're doing a scent drag through like thick kind of briary stuff, I have had that little string break and like you get to where you're going and you, and it's gone. You're like, oh man. Yeah. I've had that down South where we're walking through some thicker stuff and it shreds it pretty good. But the other thing is the amount of how familiar guys are in which i'm sure most of our listeners are guys the string on a tampon is not very long so if you're going to use it for a drag you're going to want to tie it to something that ties to yeah, you rope yeah you can't just tie a tampon to your boot or else you'll be stepping on it yeah yeah so not sure how to segue from that but uh i guess for my under 10 item it was again i've i've kind of got two it's a toss up one and I don't know maybe everybody already knows about this and does this but the uh using the the milkweed fluff or like the milkweed seed from the milkweed pods as windicators 
I love doing that better than like the, the powder or the, you know, the, the puff bottles and stuff because it carries for so much longer and you can really see how your, you know, your wind is playing out over, you know, yards versus, you know, you can watch a thing. You can see for as long as you can see it, you know, you'll see where your wind is drifting versus those puff canisters. You get a couple feet, you know, one thing I will say is like, if you're going to use milkweed you know, the, the, the butter, the monarch butterflies are in trouble, right? So if you're going to harvest milkweed seed, make sure the pods are ready. So they're, if they, when they start to split open on their own, the, the seeds are viable at that point. If you're going to pull the seeds off of the fluff, make sure you're kind of dumping the scattering the seeds around from where you picked them so that there's more milkweed to grow. Don't just pick them and throw the seeds in the trash. We need more milkweed, not less, but, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And then the other one is, like we said, we use the muffs or at least Jacob and I use the muffs, but, and I, I still wear a thin glove. I've never had good luck with one of those like touch screen compatible gloves where they're like responsive or you got to have your finger a certain way or you go to tap and it taps on something like you know a quarter inch left of where you wanted to tap and so I actually started carrying one of those and a lot of places give them out free now but they have that little like rubber stylus tip on the back touch screen tip on the back and I keep that in my muff so I can manipulate my phone without having to peel my glove off every time so it's just a you know it's a cheap little pen you can also use it to fill out your tag but it allows you to use your phone without having to take your glove off and expose your hands or any of that so that's my other under ten dollar cheap tip anything else we want to talk about before we wrap this one up i don't believe so i don't have anything else the only thing i could think is you might want to lay out our guidelines as to why none of us talked about like a necessity being a gun or something we didn't touch on that that we weren't going to talk about certain things yeah we we you know those were we kind of ruled those out for this conversation those are sort of you know you have to have a gun and you know like oh my old trusty 870 you know we didn't want it to be that kind of conversation i guess so like tree stand gun bow like those things we yeah, you, those are don't definitely don't leave home without type things. You know, you you kind of need a weapon if you're going hunting. So, just for the sake of a, I guess maybe a more interesting conversation, maybe give you guys some tips or ideas on gear that you maybe not thought of. We we decided not to, you know, we 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 eliminated those as possible options for this discussion. So, anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Nope. Good luck this season. Yeah. Like I said, this will post after season's open, but everybody, good luck. Keep us posted. If you, you know, if you're lucky enough to get a deer, so, you know, send us a picture on on Facebook. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman Podcast on Instagram. We'd love to see uh, what you guys get into this year. So subscribe to the podcast. We'd we'd really appreciate it if you would give us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find the podcast. So if you would, give us a review, leave us some feedback, let us know how we're doing. And with that, thanks for listening.